Okay, my turn now. Um, well, it is, it is fantastic to be together with all of you. Like you, I've been longing to get back together, and uh, man, it's strange, but I'm, I think I'm also one of those people that when we do get together, it's like, oh, cool, we, this was like last week that we were last year, so, so it's, a, it's a strange feeling. Um, our family's doing very well. The kids are running around somewhere. They're three and five. There's a, a picture of what we look like nowadays. There we go. But of course, you want to see the real us, and that's uh, probably still smiling after one of our recordings. Let me tell you, doing, doing recordings in the early days was cause for marital counseling. Um, I remember the one day we did this like five-minute thing, and then right at the end, Rachel did something, and I was like, you ruined it all! <laughs> like, ah! It's like t- everyone's like, how do you memorize everything? I'm like, because we did it 40 times, that's right. And I remember her face just crumbling and starting to cry, and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. But I mean, there were some good times as well in, the, in this time. But yeah, that was, that, nowadays it's a lot easier, and we're more chilled about it. Uh, but of course, as a family, we're so looking forward to our, our six-week sabbatical that's on the horizon. We're so grateful to the church, so grateful to Common Ground uh, for prioritizing and caring uh, for us. And it's a huge gift for us. We trust God that we'll make the most of it. And we've got a, some extended time with Heidi's family. They've uh, had an exceptionally difficult year up in Durban uh, with sickness and many kinds of challenges. So they are, they're really down, so some extended time with them will be good for everyone. Uh, we've got some camping lined up at the wilderness in the new year. I say God willing, because who knows if this is all going to happen or not. And uh, then I've got some fishing lined up in the Breda River, so some grunter coming your way. Um, I thought I'd share like a, a kind of testimony type shortened message uh, this morning. I want to share two scriptures. Um, they're two scriptures that need to be held together. They're two scriptures that have really been helping me kind of navigate through the season, make my way, make sense of what's going on around me, both personally, but also as the guy who leads the brilliant team of pastors that give leadership to this church, uh, two scriptures that have really kind of helped me navigate as a leader. So they need to be held in tension, these two verses, a little bit like a spider's web. You know, spider's web kind of gets connected all around. There's a picture, and you need that tension in order for it to be effective. If you lose grip on either one of the sides of these truths, you kind of end up with this ineffective web where there's kind of a hole uh, where your food is going to escape. So on the one side uh, is this text from Galatians that I'm going to get to, and it speaks about, you know, my efforts my rhythms, my responsibilities as a Christ follower. And then on the other side, we're going to look at a passage from Jude. People always ask which chapter. There's only one chapter in Jude, so you're just going to hear verses. But uh, don't, don't ask anyone what chapter. You'll just pretend like you know more than you do. So Jude, verse 24 and 25. So on the one, it, it speaks about our utter dependence on God. And I utter dependent on God's faithfulness to see us through. So you can see the tension, right? It's, it's my efforts and it's God's efforts. It's my faithfulness and it's God's unfailing faithfulness. And we need to hold these things together. See, when we get the tension right, when we hold these things in tension right, we find confidence. We find hope. We find cause to continue to, to grow our faith. But when we lose tension, when we lose sight of either, either one of these sides, there, there, there can grow a hole in our 
in our, in our faith, in our confidence in God. We can find ourselves facing more despair, more discouragement, kind of struggling to trust in God, experiencing a distance with Him. And truth be told, from the time that I started preparing this message and was praying and asking God what to share, till now, so much has changed. I mean, the Western Cape has officially been established as a resurgence in COVID. The pandemic is, is on the move. You know, we're all gearing up for holiday, but the pandemic, COVID, doesn't go on holiday. And things are changing. And I don't even know if any of the plans that we've got are actually going to happen or not. I mean, like all we need is a little bit more stress and a little more waiting and a little more uncertainty. I mean, it, it, it sucks. I mean, that's what it is. But let me, let me start with Galatians. Galatians 6, it says this. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. May God bless his words us today. So it's helpful for me to give you a little bit of context around Galatians 6, very cool passage of scripture. It speaks a lot about how we belong to each other in the church. So how we belong to each other in the family of God. It speaks about things like this. If someone is caught in sin, those who live by the Spirit should restore them gently. It speaks about carrying each other's burdens, thereby fulfilling the law of Christ. It speaks about each one carrying their own load. I mean, there's a whole other message in what it means to carry our own load and to bear each other's burdens. You know, our loads are our personal responsibilities. It's things we all carry, you know, uh, earning an income, providing for our family, our relationships, our kids, our friendships, our health, lifelong things that we're all meant to take care of in our lives. But then from time to time, we face burdens. These are, are tragedies or difficulty that place excessive weights on our lives. And they're usually not long-term. They're usually short or medium-term, you know, like financial crisis or sickness, disease, economic, uh, some tragedy that strikes. And so we as the church, we're meant to carry our own load, but to, to bear one another's burdens when burdens come our way. It also carries two warnings, Galatians 6, and not only encouraging us how we belong to each other, two warnings. One is we shouldn't compare ourselves to other people, but humbly test our own actions. So in other words, we bring our own lives towards God, and, uh, and we humbly ask God to search us. We humbly ask God you know, to refine us. We don't compare ourselves with other people. You know, we keep coming back to God. And then the second warning is, don't be fooled, it says, you will reap what you sow. Sow to the flesh, reap destruction. Sow to the spirit, reap eternal life. So this is the context of Galatians 6, this, this relationship, this idea of doing good to each other, this idea of not comparing, and also this idea of, you know, you can't fool the system, you know? You, you've got to do these things. You've got to sow to the spirits. And then you get the big thoughts of Ephesians 6, and we've read it. Do not grow weary and give up doing good. Of course, I don't know all of our circumstances here, but I, I think it's a fair uh, wager if I was a wagering man, to say that we're all weary. I mean, we're all a little worn down. We're all a little tired. We've all had our second wind and our third wind, and now we're looking from where we're going to find the fourth or the fifth wind to see us through. We've had setbacks. We've suffered loss. We've lived in uncertainty, isolation. If I can give a shout-out to all the singles out there, 
I mean, isolation was one thing for us with married of kids, but man, if you're alone and you're living alone, we want to give you a special shout out and, and let's remember in the future to, to not leave those guys alone. Yeah. Let's, let's take care of our singles. Let's take care of those who, who don't have a lot of people around. And yeah, we, we've had discouragement. But what this verse is doing, it's, it's encouraging us to not let weariness, tiredness, lead to discouragement, which in turn will, will cause us to give up doing good to both ourselves and to other people. Don't let your weariness grow to the point of discouragement that, that leads you to stop continuing to do good for yourself and for others. And the reason is in the text, Paul says, it's like a farmer. There's always a gap between when you sow the seed and when you reap a harvest. Now, sometimes you can feel like there's nothing happening in between doing what you know you ought to be doing and actually seeing maybe the fruits of that labor. And we need to continue to sow knowing that the day is coming when that harvest will come. And we're not told what the harvest is. That's also what's great about this text. You know, in our lives now, it could be, you know, continuing to do good to others or ourselves. It could lead to, to bringing real relief or comfort or hope to someone, you know, to a family, to someone in dire straits. It could be continuing to reach out to a friend, continuing to show them the love of God, uh, explain to them the gospel, seeing them coming to faith in Christ. I mean, that could be the harvest if we continue doing good. It could be for ourselves. The harvest could be, could be uh, being established in our character, a character that can only be forged through difficulty, through trial, trial through a hard time, through the season that we're in. If we don't stop sowing to the Spirit, we're going to reap that character. We're going to reap that strength that God can build into our lives. And of course, it's been hugely encouraging to me personally, learning that I am not in control. Just when you think you're in control of things, you realize that actually most of life is completely outside of our hands. Circumstances can change that we can do nothing about. I've had to learn to not being overwhelmed or losing trust with decrease in income. I know many people have experienced that to a far greater degree than what I have and our family has. But, but there's, a, there's a, a difficulty in that. There's a learning to trust in God. There's a learning to dig deep. There's a learning to say we can, we can do this in God. You know, not allowing anxiety or bouts of, bouts of depression to overwhelm me. I mean, that's been tough from time to time. For me, the big thing is not losing a sense of purpose when everything seems so uncertain. You know, when you feel like you know what you're doing, and all of a sudden, Everything changes and all your rhythms are gone and you're not connecting with people and you're not seeing people and, the, and now you've got to reinvent so much of, of what you've been doing for so long and that, that uncertainty really can be difficult. But I've learned to strengthen myself, my relationship with God in His Word. But also as a leader, there's been huge encouragement for me, this idea of not growing weary to the extent of doing good because we know we're going to reap a harvest. I mean, it's been really difficult not seeing you guys. Now, some of you might be thinking, you know, but you didn't phone me, you didn't call me, you didn't connect with me. And that is always a challenge. But it's been so hard not seeing people week in and week out. I mean, as a pastor, that's so much of what fuels your passion, fuels your life, makes you feel like you're coming alive. You know, even this moment, speaking to all of you live and not, you know, a camera from time to time. 
carrying the uncertainty of how people are doing. You know, you know where is that person? Where is that person? Are they going to come back? Are they still connected to the church? You know, is their life group reaching out to them? Where, what's going on? You know, and of course, leading a congregation like this, there's so many opinions. You know, we should be meeting, we shouldn't be meeting, we must never meet. We, and and you you're trying to hold all of these things in intention. Man, it's it's easy to just grow weary, and the temptation is to just. Get discouraged, but God has been so faithful. I was so bummed when we were gearing up to meet together, and then the circular came out from the education department saying schools are off limits. It was just like, ooh, (laughs) disappointing. Trying to find alternative venues for us to meet in regularly, just not being able to find that Bible alternative alternative for regular gatherings. And more recently, if you're a deacon or an elder, you would know this, but we recently had our temporary departure turned down from, uh, from the city. So we've been applying for a temporary departure for this piece of land uh, opposite Eitzig, basically, on the corner of the Cape Academy, a five-year departure. And on Tuesday, after close, probably just over a two-year-long process, uh, we were turned down by the tribunal who rejected our offer. I mean, again, <laughs> But uh, we're up for an appeal. We've still got an opportunity to, to do some work there. But man, it's, it's, it's been one of those seasons, you know, especially a season like this that's prolonged, that's protracted, that's drawn out, that we need to, we need to hear the encouragements that come from Ephesians, uh, Galatians 6. Do not grow weary. Do not give up doing good to people. There's a lot of reasons for us to be wary to the point of utter discouragement. But as Christ followers, the call and the encouragement is there. Do not grow weary. Do not give up doing good to people because at the proper time, you will reap a harvest. That word proper time, it's kairos time. It's like like God's specific time. It's a time that God knows. It's an appointed time. It's not just a time in the future. It's like, no, no, God knows our lives. God knows what's happening in our lives. God knows the points that we, when we will experience what we experience. And there's an appointed time for each and every one of us, for even a church like ours, where we will reap the harvest if we continue to do good, if we continue to stay obedient and to stay strong. Okay, let's read from Jude. Jude 20. But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Skipping to verse 24. To him who is able to keep you from falling and present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Mm. I mean, it's got to be one of the best doxologies that you can read, especially in a season like this. But let's look at those, those first couple of verses. It starts with kind of the same encouragement, our responsibility. Our responsibility to not grow weary, our responsibility to not, to, to not stop doing good. Here we speak, we're reading about our responsibility to build ourselves up and to pray in the Holy Spirit. Those words are like present participles. They carry the sense that you are currently busy building yourself up, that you are currently busy praying in the Holy Spirit. As Christ followers, that's what we ought to be doing. We ought to be currently building ourselves up in the Lord and praying in the Holy Spirit. 
And of course, how do we do these things? How do we build ourselves up in, in God? Well, we fellowship with God and other believers. You know, in the past, that meant gathering together physically, but that can take on different meanings in different seasons. And, and even though we can't always be together corporately, we can still fellowship with people. We can still make connections. We can still Zoom. We can still make uh, video calls. We can still have meaningful, con- meaningful connections with people as we're able to and as we're comfortable to and as our health allows us to. But we need to do that. We need to take hold of these things. We actually need to make the move. You know, it's continuing God's word. It's continuing to read the scriptures, to tell ourselves the truths of the gospel. It's continually inviting the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I mean, when was the last time in lockdown you just sat down and said, God, would you fill me with your spirits? God, would you, would you allow me to overflow with a sense of your goodness and a sense of your love and a sense of your power and your strength? You know, God is still accessible, right? You don't need, uh, you don't, yeah. I can't remember what it's called, fiber, that's it. You don't need fiber to be filled with the spirits. You know, asking God for his leadership and his guidance, still worshiping along to music, you know, even sharing in communion as you're able to. You know, what about just reflecting as a Christ follower, just stopping and reflecting and saying, God, what are you doing in my life? Like, what lessons are you teaching me? What are you... What character formation are you doing in my life? In what ways are you leading me? And actually just reflecting on those things and saying, God, I actually want to thank you. I want to worship you. I want to say I acknowledge your work in my life. I acknowledge that you're teaching me and training me and strengthening me. I mean, these are ways that we are building ourselves up in the Lord. And so as Christ followers, we need to be doing that. And then, of course, there's praying in the Holy Spirit. That basically just means praying in accordance with the will of God as laid out in the Scriptures. Ephesians 6.18, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. So we ought to be keeping on praying, praying with, on our own, praying with others, you know, joining into our corporate prayer times together. Brilliant way for us to keep doing that. I also love this idea of praying in the Spirit. Like, it, to me, it, it feel, there's kind of a fluidity about it. It's almost like you know, everywhere we go, we're reminded that the Holy Spirit is with us. Actually, more than that, I mean, this picture isn't actually that um, accurate because the Spirit lives within us. And so actually, wherever we find ourselves in life, the Spirit is with us. And we, continue, we can continue to pray in the Holy Spirit in every moment of every day, in every circumstance. But now here's where the Jude, Jude passage starts to shift away to the, the other side of the tension in the spider web. You know, our responsibility, things we need to be, uh, rhythms we need to be building into our lives, into this more Godward dependent way. So the encouragement comes. It says, stay busy keeping yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Keeping yourselves in God's love. You see, it's It's our own efforts, our own activities, our own responsibilities, as important as they are, as we've read in these scriptures, are just simply not enough. We will not be kept, and we cannot be kept in our own efforts. You know, just because we're doing these rhythms, just because we're putting aside to do these things, they are not enough to keep us in and of themselves. It's not just about effort. It's not just about discipline. It's about keeping ourselves in God's love. Because God's love is the active agent. It's the catalyst. It's the catalytic presence of God that gives us life. 
that gives us joy, that gives us endurance, that gives us peace in the midst of trial and struggle. And so we're, in a sense, positioning ourselves to be in God's love, reminding ourselves of the truth of who God is, reminding ourselves of who is sovereign and in control, reminding ourselves that whatever we're worried about, that God is with us in the boat that we can come to him, that we can surrender to him, that we can ask him for guidance and leadership and companionship. Shame, can somebody get the ball for the kids? They're going to be bummed. <laughs> there we go. They're all just staring at the ball. Like, ah, game over. <laughs> so our own efforts, they're not enough. It's about keeping ourselves in God's love. And then I love this word, while you wait for the mercy of God. It's got this inevitability around it. I mean, you know, as a Christ follower, the mercy of God is on its way. It's guaranteed that you, you are going to experience the mercy of God in your life as a Christ follower. Because it's a free gift based on the character and the work of God. Not ourselves, not our own efforts, not our circumstances. And so we're called as Christ followers to live with an expectancy with an anticipation of God breaking through into our lives in some way or another. That even as times get difficult, even as times get tough, even as we grow weary and our discouragement feels like it's going to overtake us, we can anticipate and expect God to do something radical in our lives. Not because of our efforts, not as a reward for our rhythms, not because we've prayed as many times as we were supposed to pray. No, no, because of the goodness of God that's flowing towards us because of our faith in Christ. And so, yeah, we've got, we've got stuff we need to give ourselves to as Christ followers. We, we can't be sitting back and, and just wondering. No, no, we, we're moving towards God. We're pressing into God. We're positioning ourselves to God. And then we're, we're in his love and we're saying, God, it's your work. God, it's, it's, it's all up to you. And, and we're expecting God to do something radical. And then it says, verse 24, to him who is able to keep you from falling. And to present you before his glorious presence without fault, with great joy, to the only God our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. I mean, I just want to read that over and over again. I mean, how uplifting is it? So how do we know things are going to work out for us? How do we know with all the discouragement, the weariness, the turmoil, the change, the pressure, how do we know that we're going to be able to endure how do we know that our faith is going to be enough? You know, can we trust our faith in times of such difficulty? Well, this first reminds us that we can because it's the love of God that keeps us, not our own faith. It's the love of God that keeps us. Our endurance, our ability to keep doing good, our ability to keep pushing ourselves into God and, and doing good to others, especially those in, in the household of believers. It's possible because it's God that's at work in us. And what about God? Well, he says, he tells us with these glorious exclamations of joy and relief and celebration, he says, because of God's glory, it's his radiant, tangibly felt, it's, it's, it's the tangibly felt uh, morality of God, his character, his attributes that are so beautiful, that are so pure, that are so strong, you can feel them. When you're around God, you can feel his love. You can feel his care when you're in his presence. His, his love, his justice, his goodness, his mercy, his kindness, his generosity, his faithfulness, his steadfastness. This is why we can endure. This is why we can continue to do good because of God's glory. 
His majesty, his transcendence, his greatness, he's beyond us, he's unlike us, he's higher than us, greater than us, superior to us in every way. That's how we know he's going to keep us. That's how we know our faith will cause us to endure as we bring ourselves into his love. It's about his power and authority, that he's sovereign, that he answers to no one, except staying true to his own nature and his own character. He's unparalleled in power and might, and his will cannot be defeated. That's how we know we'll endure. That's how we know God's love can keep us. And we can not only survive, but we can actually start to thrive in our relationship with God. So what does this mean for us? A couple of quick takeaways for us. One, keep yourself in God's love. Keep yourself in God's love. Keep yourself in God's love. Position yourself in the place where you can experience and celebrate the love of God. Number two, keep doing good to others, especially those in the family of God. It means so many things nowadays, like caring for each other economically where necessary, caring for each other through taking the necessary safety measures. I mean, I've spoken about the fact that, that we're in a resurgence, that actually we, we've probably all been a bit lax. I've been too lax. You know, we need to do the right things, avoid those large gatherings indoors, wear our masks, you know, avoid eating and drinking in close proximity to people, all those kind of things. I think part of us caring for each other is actually just making sure that we're, that we're being safe and that we're loving others by keeping them safe too. You know, keep meeting together in life groups, you know, in small gatherings as you're able to. You know, you can do Sunday meetings. If you're feeling up to it and, and you've got the confidence and you don't have the comorbidities, invite another family around, invite another friend around. And as a small group, do online church together on a Sunday morning. It's an incredible experience, actually, if you haven't done it. Afterwards, I mean, we did it a few weeks ago and we took out the scuttle, we made uh, bacon and egg rolls afterwards, and it was such a lacquer little hangout session and just enjoying church together, pushing pause, or as the kids were getting set up, we quickly said a prayer and just said, God, we're asking you to meet with us today. I mean, we can do these things for each other. Okay, number three, anticipate God's activity and mercy in your life. Just anticipate God's breakthrough in your life. Number four, know that this church is in God's hands. Now, I've been speaking a lot about encouragement personally, but also for us as a church. I'm almost at the end, guys, so if you're wondering how long this is going to be, it won't be too much longer. But know this church is in God's hands. And this has been hugely encouraging for me and for us as an eldership team. We want you to know that we have tried to do good for us as a local church in this season. We're trusting God that at his appointed time, we're going to reap the harvest of the goodness that we've sown in this season as that, and that as he's sown into us and is forming and shaping us, we're keeping ourselves in God's love as best as, that, as we're able to. And we believe as an eldership team that we've actually had a fruitful season. I mean, Here's, here's the team right here, and it's uh, so awesome to see you guys. I've seen you every week. We've been, we've been chatting online. But, you know, with all the limitations, the restrictions, the practical realities we've had to deal with, I really believe that we're flourishing as a team. 
that our relationships are strong, that we're growing in love and affection, that God's knitting our hearts together, giving us a passion and a vision, making us more and more excited about what we believe God wants to do in us as a church. It's been, it's been an incredible gift in this season, actually, that connectedness. Like, even though we haven't seen each other, it feels like we're as close as, as we've ever been in some ways. Now, we've been working on, you know, the values that we're really wanting to to emphasize for us as a local church, for Christ followers, and come February next year, uh, God willing, we'll be meeting together, and we're going to really start, you know, kicking off with those things. We've been working hard at life groups, just encouraging our life group leaders, encouraging life groups to gather together as they're able to, you know, community leaders. uh, We've been connecting with them regularly. We've been praying regularly. If you're not joining us on a Tuesday morning, uh, is it 8 or 8.30? I've gone blank. 8 to 8.30 on a Tuesday morning. We gather to pray. We'd love you to be there. I think personally for me and for us as a church, there's been this incredible work, particularly on what it means to be a family, to be the family of God and, and what it means for us to really live as family and to relate as family and to care as family and to include everyone as part of the family. And it's been, it's been a strange season where I feel like almost in the normal season of life, God like almost like we didn't have the time or the capacity to really get to grips or let God really, you know, speak to us about these things. But man, God is, God is shaking us in such, in such beautiful ways. And man, when it comes to the land, I don't know how you feel when you hear that that's been turned on. I feel deflated. But at the same time, I'm not deflated at all because we've got to remember Jesus Christ is the commander-in-chief of this church. I mean, Jesus is the head of the church. Jesus has planted the church. He's grown the church. He has a home for our church. And so we continue to to put in our efforts. We continue to pursue him. We continue to pray and ask him for his leadership and guidance. And I want to encourage you guys to pray with us. And so I want us to do that right now. So I want us to just stand as a church. And I want us to take um, a couple of minutes to just pray for, for the land. What we're praying for, and I'm just going to ask you to pray where you are. I mean, we're trusting God that He would provide us a permanent home for us as a local church to put down roots, a base from which we can, we can do what God's caused us to do. And I want us to pray together because this isn't my problem. <laughs> Ultimately, it's God's problem, but, but it's for us as a community of, of believers to trust God together for, for what he has for us. So right where you are, you can just pray under your breath, but we're going to take a minute or two to just pray. So you don't have to pray out loud. You can pray under your breath or pray with your spouse or whoever you're standing next to. Go for it. us to 
to take a moment and you can continue to pray for the land in your, in your times of prayer. I want us to pray together for God's continued grace over South Africa during the season of COVID. You know, it's, it's hard to hear that a second wave might be coming. We don't know. That's half the problem all the time. But let's trust God that He would protect us, that He would preserve us, that He would see us through, that we wouldn't experience any more of that crazy economic upheaval. Let's ask God together, right where you are, let's just extend our faith and bring ourselves and our country to God. I think it's good for us to continue to pray in our, in our own times for that. And I've been speaking this morning about the tension between our responsibility and I want to, us to take hold of that as Christ followers and say, man, there's some stuff I can get going on. There's some rhythms I can build into my life. There's some things I can take responsibility for. And on the other hand, you know, it's, it's up to God and it's God's love and God's strength and God's grace and His Spirit. And it's kind of these two things that we're holding in tension. But but this morning, I want to pray particularly for those of you who are just feeling worn out. You have been weary upon weary upon weary, and you actually just need a touch from God. So maybe everyone can just close their eyes because I just want to give people the freedom to respond and not worry about what's happening around them. But if you would like prayer, if you just want to say, you know what, Don, church, I would love you guys to just pray for God's spirit and his grace for this love of God to just just stick up your hand right now as a, as a way of saying, you know what, God, I'm acknowledging my need for you and I just need an extra touch. Stick up your hand nice and high. And when your eyes are closed, I'm going to pray, but as you know, you can just pray, keeping your eyes closed for the people around you. Father God, I pray for every life represented here that, whose hands are up that are reaching out and say, what well, God, I am tired tired, tired, God. I need a touch of your spirit. God, I pray this morning that you would just fill every person with your spirit. God, I pray that every person would experience a sense of your love falling upon them, a sense of your care, that you know them, that you see them, that you're watching over them. God, in the coming day, they will experience a lifting of their spirits, a lifting of their gaze. God, that you would provide for them. Provide, God, in in a myriad of needs represented. God, that you would surround them with people who will love them and encourage them and comfort them and, and lift them, journey with them. God, thank you for your grace. God, even when we come and we've done nothing and we, we feel like we've done nothing, 
Your love lavishes grace upon us, grace upon grace. So this morning, with full confidence, we say, God, fill us. Fill us with your hope, with your strength, with your encouragement, with the ability to do good to ourselves and others, to continue to build your kingdom and speak your truth and live for your glory. Lead us into a time of singing, or do you want to? Wow. This is on. Cool. Thank you so much for that word, Don, and to everyone who shared their testimonies today. But I was just reminded of Habakkuk 2, verse 3, actually, because I was just asking myself, why should we carry on doing good? Why should we do those things? When will we reap this harvest? I mean, And Habakkuk reminds us that, well, read the um, Living Bible Translation, it says, but these things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue in a single day. So just really God reminding us that God will do what he says he will do, and we can count on him to do those things he said he would do. Um, but anyway, so next week we're back online again. So it'll be lovely to see you guys again, either on our Facebook page or on the YouTube channel at 9.30. So yeah, we'll be connecting again online next week. And um, yeah, just don't leave straight away after the meeting. I mean, we have tea and coffee over there. So it'd be really nice to meet you. And for those of you who are exploring the claims of Christ for the first time, we have this Ignite booklet, which we would like to share with you. Um, Those of you who are online can download it, actually. And it's a 31-day journey into what the Bible says about who Christ is. And it's really, really awesome. Um, Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to end this with a a benediction. Um, But before we do that, can I just give a big shout of thanks to all the volunteers who made this happen. They were here early this morning. And... Yeah, they did the setup and the registration. And, and to remind you, we also need some volunteers at the Christmas uh, meeting. So a lot of people out of town. So I speak to Rosina or Claudette. Uh, but let me end this meeting with the benediction from the book of Jude. Um, to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. Let me read that again. It's so, so beautiful. To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Have a great day, a great Sunday. Thank you for being here.